Welcome to the Powering Tomorrow podcast presented by Clarios. I'm Guy Gordon, and each month I'm going to be talking with a special guest for a discussion about the electrification of our transportation ecosystem. From new battery technology, ride sharing, the latest EVs to consumer habits in an EV world, uh, we hope to give you a, a preview of what's to come as the world races toward electrification. And don't forget, you can also subscribe to the Powering Tomorrow presented by Clarios podcast and have them downloaded each month through iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Today I have the pleasure to speak with an old friend, Michelle Krebs, Executive Analyst for Cox Automotive. Uh, Michelle, hello. Hi, good to be back with you. Good to be back with you. Uh, everything getting back to normal as we leap into fall here. Uh, a lot of questions about as the EV world um, it continues to evolve around us, what the role hybrids will be playing. Uh, talk to me about the, the different uh, strategies the auto companies are using in relation to using it as a stepping stone to all electric. Well, first of all, Guy, we typically group those vehicles into one category. We call it electrified. So that is fully electric vehicles, um, hybrids, plug-in hybrids. There's even some fuel cell vehicles uh, in there. Um, and that category has been growing like crazy uh, ever since probably the third or fourth quarter of last year. In the, the, the previous quarter, um, they, the sales grew 201% year over year. We're wow. now at like 375,000 um, EVs and hybrids combined in a quarter, and that's growing like crazy. So um, it, the big category is growing. Um, within that, EVs are a smaller part of it, and but we've seen tremendous growth in hybrids. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't have an EV charging infrastructure yet. And so people who want to be more environmental, opt for hybrids or plug-in hybrids uh, is kind of a stepping stone. And I think that's probably the way we'll be moving forward. Now, each company has a different strategy, as you mentioned, around that. Um, General Motors is all in on electric, uh, totally leapfrogging hybrids, while companies like Toyota uh, and Honda are dominating the hybrid market. When you dive into those numbers and you look at the incredible EV growth, what's driving it? And, and why are we seeing this surge in hybrids? Because if you listen to the media buzz, it's all EVs, uh, all electric vehicles. Um, well, I, I think uh, there are a number of things driving it. First of all, there's more choice. You know, if you remember in the early days of EVs, and even even now, Tesla is the dominant player. It's pretty much, you know, it, it, it was the only player for a while. Now we're getting starting to get some other EVs. We've got the Mustang Mach-E, and we've got the Chevy Bolt, although that's having some issues right now. And Hyundai's bringing in some, Volkswagen is. Uh, so there's more choice. Um, the other thing that's happened is, you know, Toyota and Honda have always had some hybrids, but what they are doing is putting hybrids on their big name uh, vehicles. So RAV4, um, uh, Honda CRV, uh, Toyota's even doing some models that are only offered as hybrids. For instance, the new Venza. And, uh, and the new um, Sienna minivan. You can only get those as hybrids. So there's a lot more choice and a lot more price categories and 
um, vehicle uh, style. You know, they're available as SUVs, they're available as minivans, they're available as sedans and hatchbacks. So in terms of, we're also seeing uh, the, with Ford, the new Ford F-150 hybrid and the, the lightning coming online. Um, is, is this one of those things where is the GM perhaps is, is making a very risky bet by leapfrogging hybrids? It, it strikes me as pretty risky, uh, especially until we get to price parity of EVs with uh, internal combustion engine vehicles and until we get an EV charging infrastructure. I mean, you know, the, there's some $7.5 billion, which sounds like a lot, in the, the infrastructure package that passed, but that's half of what um, the administration wanted for the EV infrastructure. So I don't know how far that goes. Um, and, you know, GM's off to a little shaky start here. It's only EV is the Chevy Bolt, and they've already recalled every single one of them because of potential fire risks. So um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very bold, very ambitious, and somewhat risky uh, strategy. Well, and it really kind of underscores that in, in an electrified universe where you're relying on a battery supplier, rather your, your own engine plants to provide the uh, the, the power for the vehicle, uh, that if something goes sideways with the battery chemistry or with the battery production, you're really over a barrel. Right. Uh, I, I think GM's strategy is very bold, it's ambitious, but it's also got a lot of risk, uh, especially because uh, one of the challenges with EVs is they aren't, uh, they are more expensive. Uh, they have not reached price parity yet with gasoline vehicles, but even more importantly is the lack of infrastructure. We've got an infrastructure package that uh, devotes $7.5 billion, which sounds like a lot, to an EV infrastructure across the country, but I'm not sure that's uh, going to be enough. Certainly the uh, Biden administration wanted double that. Um, and so that the infrastructure uh, issue is extremely important to consumers. Well, and there's, I mean, there's not a one-size-fits-all answer in terms of geography. I mean, I'm thinking about just here in Michigan alone, you know, we've got, uh, we may have a, a pretty hearty infrastructure uh, down in the southeast where we've got a lot of early adopters and the auto industry has a lot of influence, but you get into out county and rural, it, it could be a decade before we have the level of penetration for uh, EV infrastructure that would allow those people to give up hybrids. Uh, right, and um, you know, Michigan's probably uh, more advantage because we have automakers that are developing EVs and so I think there will be pressure to install EV infrastructures in, in the state but look at other states look at the middle part of the country um, that I, they'll probably be the last to get uh, a proliferation of EVs and, and largely because of the lack of an infrastructure there. Let's use a long lens for a moment here and, and look down at what point do you see e hybrid production waning and uh, more or less weaning away from hybrids and into a fully electric? Well, it'll be different in the U.S. than other places. I mean, China and Europe already are ahead of us on EVs because they are building infrastructure and they are building um, an economic incentive for people to buy EVs. Uh, it's hard to know. Um, you know, I think we'll still see a lot of hybrids by the end of the decade um, because it's still, as you pointed out, it's still going to take time to build out uh, an infrastructure uh, for EVs. Um, 
and so I think a lot of people will be more comfortable with the the hybrids. Now eventually it may be that you know hy all hybrids switch over to EVs. I don't know. That that's I think that's probably another decade away. Is there a question about capital investment, whether or not automakers can kind of do this dual track or I mean, because the IC engine is still here too, really a triple track where you're producing um, internal combustion engines for rural America, hybrids for those that want them, but also trying to really push forward uh, a fully electric. Can they do all three things at once financially? Well, it's it's challenging, and that's why um, they're you know looking at ways to uh, generate cash to put into moving towards electrification. Um, but we are going to be producing ICE engines for quite a long time. I mean, companies like Audi have said they'll be stop stop producing them mid next decade. Um, but you know, I think that's yet to be seen. And I guess finally, Michelle, when you look at what's happening with General Motors and the problems with the Bolt, Bolt I mean, Chevy uh, telling LG Chem, right now we're suspending production because we can't trust your battery. We don't have confidence in it, so they pressed pause. Obviously, this has a short-term impact on General Motors, but what's the long-term impact on electrification and the nagging doubts that people have about it? You know, we haven't, we, I get asked that a lot and we haven't done, we do a lot of surveying of consumers and we haven't asked that question specifically, but I'm, I'm sure it's weighing on their minds if they know about it. But remember, you know, Tesla has had fires, uh, Hyundai, which also is supplied by LG Chem, is, uh, has had um, some fire issues, uh, including in their home market of South Korea. Um, it, it doesn't help the cause, um, so I think you know GM putting a pause on uh, on the bolt is a smart idea, and you know GM eventually will be using its own designed batteries, which they say will be better. And I'm sure that we are going to see massive improvement in batteries. I think we have to think of this. We're we're really in the pioneering stages of all this. Right, and until the price parity gets there. I mean, at least your forecasting says that hybrids will play a continuing and, and perhaps even more robust role in the marketplace. I, I think at least through this, that will probably be the case. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, Michelle Krebs, thanks for being with us today for the Powering Tomorrow podcast presented by Clarios. And don't forget to subscribe to each month's podcast downloaded straight to your device. Until next month, this is Guy Gordon.